0: Welcome back to 4th and Troll Fantasy, the most entertaining fantasy football podcast on the planet. I'm Wes Selby. And I'm Noah Selby. And we are here ready to talk about a very interesting Thursday night football. And as some of you may recall, Noah and I made a little bit of a wager for the show intro, which we're going to dive into a little bit here. Noah decided that uh, because I said don't start Tom Brady for last night's game, Noah said, (laughs) you know what? I believe Brady's going to throw 350 yards and three touchdowns. And I said, I I mean, yeah, you get 320-something 25
1: yards yards and two touchdowns short, baby. Am
0: I right? Come on. Yeah. So (laughs) because that didn't happen, he said I could intro the show. And you hear the results. Uh, Speaking of that game, hey, first three-game losing streak for Tom Brady since 2003. A lot is going on. Most importantly, Noah, how are you doing? You know what? I'm all right. I'm – somehow we
1: squeezed 17.1 fantasy points out of Brady last night. Uh Uh-huh. Somehow. And uh, luckily, my uh, opponent had some some players, particularly a defense underperform, so went ahead and you know, still still a tight race for the week after Thursday night football. I'm doing okay though. Okay, (laughs) definitely things we can move on to and from. We'll talk about a little later. Wes, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. I uh, I took my shot with with Gus Edwards. I said I was going to – that was a risky start. I was going to try to fire him up. And he left the game in the fourth quarter with an injury. We'll talk about that in a second here in the news segment. But I was a little surprised to see he even managed to pull six and a half points in the league that I was in. So Kenyon Drake, though, had a little bit of a a surprising outing despite – I feel like every time – we say don't start, they go off. Or the opposite. When we say fire them up, they're a lock, they just disappear. I don't know what it is. We did pretty well for last night, but I mean, I don't know. Kenyon Drake, Fluga for Real.
1: <laughs> we're just, you know, we're just fans of keeping everybody on their toes. You know, we're fans Maybe. of mystery. We're fans of theater. All right. So uh
0: <laughs> Yeah, we are. Yeah.
1: So here we are. So here we are. That's a, you know what? <laughs> There's Football balls in the books. We're we're wild cards here. We're we're just listen to us if you want to. If you don't don't bunch of hooligans. Whatever. Who knows? Let's move on here, huh? What do you say? Let's go on. We got a great week 8 coming up here. Yeah. And we got another great show on this beautiful Friday, October 28th. the ocho. That's wow. a little bilingual action for you there. 2022 we're going to talk about last night's performances break down some quarterback play what should we do where should we go we're gonna do a little bit of garage sale a little bit of callback there from week one gonna you know community garage sale you know everyone's buying selling and somebody's got a free pile so you know what, whatever you know everybody do your thing you know find some people that you like find some items that you like go for it from there we're gonna tell you who we like and who you should go for and we'll close out the show with studs and duds. But first things first, Wes, what do we need to know before we go into week eight in bulk? Is Russell Wilson still doing high knees? <laughs> <laughs> he,
0: he may be literally at any time you're listening to this. He may be doing high knees right now. Yeah. So I want you to check uh, on
1: Sierra to just make sure he doesn't like do high knees. Oh my goodness! Like, at the, like the like the like the vanity counter or in their bedroom or bathroom or <laughs> as
0: he's brushing his teeth or something. Yeah. Sierra's like Russ. How many high knees are you going to do? Unlimited. Unlimited. <laughs> All right, let's get into the news. All right. Last night, we saw some very notable players on the Ravens offense exit with injuries. Mark Andrews left with a shoulder injury. Rashad Bateman exited with a foot injury. And Gus Edwards went down with a hamstring issue after a nice 22 yard gain in the fourth quarter. As of now, they're all considered minor injuries. Uh, Gus Edwards may have a little bit more than a minor injury, but nothing that's concrete as of now. And we will have to wait for some further tests to indicate if anything will miss any time. Well, there was a big blockbuster trade on Thursday morning uh, blockbuster depending on how much you know about this player. We talked about him back in, uh, I think before the season, even Kadarius Darius Tony was traded to the Kansas city chiefs on Thursday morning. His current injury status, however, was that on Wednesday, he remained sidelined with a hamstring issue. So hopefully he will be able to rehab in time to play after their bye week. So regardless, he's not playing week nine is when Kaderi Sony could step the field in Kansas City. You know, he's not going to step the field anytime soon is Jamar Chase. He will be out four to six weeks with a hip injury. This makes T Higgins the top wide receiver in Cincinnati, along with Tyler Boyd. As a number two option for Joe Burrow. I haven't checked uh, lately, but I'm pretty sure by now he uh, is on. He's available to be slaughtered into your IR in your roster. If you have Jamar Chase, hang tight. It's going to be a tough month and a half for a lot of you. Uh, Speaking of Russell Wilson, thank God he's going to play again. He's going to play in London against the Jaguars. This is so great. Great news, everyone. His Wolverine blood instantly healed not just his hamstring, but hopefully cleared his vision entirely. And now he'll be able to see wide open receivers in front of his face. It's a mile high miracle. I can't wait. Everything's coming up. Millhouse here in Denver. Gee whiz. Anyway, he's starting in <laughs> ja- against Jacksonville. Whatever. All right. <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott is dealing with a knee injury that will likely cause him to miss. Sunday's game against the against the Bears. Zeke referred to it as a stiffness and should see action in the next game afterwards. We look for Tony Pollard to start. It is not completely confirmed. He could still miss practice the entire week and play on Sunday, but expect Zeke to be out. Ryan Tannehill is reportedly getting better from his injury on Sunday and is still expected to start this week, although he did not practice on Wednesday. Officially, Charge wide receiver uh Mike Williams will miss a minimum of four weeks. And as Noah uh declared, he's just ready to go for the rest of the season without Mike Williams. So all you know, all you need to know is that he's not there for a month at least. Chuba Hubbard in Carolina missed Wednesday's and Thursday's practice, which Head coach Steve Wilks inferred after the Bucs game could determine his status against the Sunday's match against the Falcons. Right now, it would appear that Donta Foreman is in line to be named the primary back. However, Wilks said he still plans to make it a committee. So just because Chuba is hurt does not mean he will not eat into Foreman's role in case you want to start either of them. Uh, In New Orleans, guess what? Jameis Winston is healthy. Guess what? Andy Dalton is the starter. That's that. James Conner and boom, James Conner in Arizona returned to practice, although still a limited participant barring any setbacks he's on road to start. So, you know, Benjamin owners, I'm sorry, or maybe not. I don't know. We'll see what happens when James Conner returns fully. Uh, Alan Lazard in green Bay said he heard a quote, snap crackle and pop in his shoulder when he was tackled against the commanders. Although it's not considered long-term, he's expected to miss at least Sunday's game. And last but not least, rattling off a couple of mispractices and do not practices for some of these players. Jahan Dotson missed practice on Thursday. Ram Rivera said he will likely miss Sunday. Both Daryl Henderson and Devonte Adams missed their practices on Wednesday just with an illness but Devontae Adams missed Wednesday's and Thursday's practice as well. Raiders said that they're optimistic he's still going to play, but just something to keep in mind. Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry did not practice Wednesday or Thursday, and Debo Samuel missed back-to-back practices with his hamstring injury. Hey, that's it. That's all the news we got going into week eight. Let's talk about Thursday night. Ravens at Bucks. Noah, how do you feel after uh, your must-start risk- you starting to have a start.
1: Yeah, I feel okay. And and before we dive too deep into performances, I, Wes, I would, you know, I'd, I'd like to make a formal statement if that's okay with you.
0: Yeah, buddy. That's okay. Okay. What's going on?
1: I'd like to address the fourth and trollers. Okay. I'd like to formally apologize to said fourth controllers that rode with me on the Brady train coming into the season. I saw a season where Tom just torched the whole league, and I cannot have been farther from the truth and the reality that we're watching unfold in front of our eyes. In my nearly 25 years of life, I've had my heart broken many times, but this one this one might be the worst. It's uh it's it hits deep. After a uh after a Thursday night performance where we squeezed the life out of Tom for 17.1 fantasy points, and I was yelling at my television, put it in the end zone, Tom. Put the ball in the end zone. So, with great sadness that I advise that you should, you should officially begin to pivot to another option at quarterback. Explore your trades. Check your waiver wire. Move on it's over. And, uh, with all love and hopefulness, you know, I love you all best of luck and see you in the championship. Jeez. That was so emotional. Oh. This sucks, man. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> this sucks. Let's talk about. Hey, it. Thursday I appreciate
0: night. I appreciate you coming forward and just look. I believed it too. You were extra hot on him, but what well, we saw last year, he had over five thousand yards. No one saw this. No one saw oh, nobody, this. Nobody saw it. This is uh,
1: this is tough. This is tough. Let's jump into risky starts, must starts, and don't starts. Well, so we both kind of hit our must starts here. Mike Evans with 18.3, Chris yeah. with 13.5. Both of them still saw 11 targets. Exactly what we said. You know, Brady can be not good and and these guys will still do well for your lineup. So, we hope you plug them in. They did well. Uh, but, again, volume is massive here. You know, 11 targets each. Um, yeah. Yeah. Really, really solid starts for your for your week eight. If you have these guys in your lineup, I, and... I do feel
0: very proud of us for nailing yeah. this specifically. Like the quarterback would not be that great, but the receivers will, and then being yeah. able to explain PPR and volume, and this is this is how it works. You don't need a great quarterback to have a good receiver in your fantasy team. Hundred
1: percent, hundred percent. Yeah, Rishy starts. Gus Edwards. We talked about it a little bit. He ran the ball super efficiently. He ran really well. Eleven carries for sixty five yards. fantasy points, but he went out with the injury. You know, we've heard it's you know hopefully not major, and so we're hoping that he'll be able to still be really solid. I think he can bounce back and still will be. Um, But 6.5 points, bit of a bummer if you had him in your lineup. But yeah, all in all, it's encouraging to see him run well, but just a little bit of a bummer for 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 the fantasy side of things here. I can't say I can't remember if I was on the side of which side of this risky start I was on with Lamar Jackson. I should have gone back and looked at it. I'm trying to remember. (laughs) I I, I think I, you know, I think I said, you know, if you have Lamar, you got to start him because the big playability. Oh, I remember. 21.8 fantasy points. It wasn't even
0: like big playability. He just played a solid game. He played a really solid game. He played a really uh, good game. You were just... You were tempering expectations. That's what you were saying.
1: Yeah. You know, it's the Bucks defense have been playing well against quarterbacks. Lamar had not been playing well as a quarterback for your fantasy team. So Lamar Jackson owners, I have, you know, shout out to my friend, Josh here, our, our league mate, Josh, he's a Lamar Jackson owner texted me during the game and said, finally a decent game from Lamar. And I said, patience is key, <laughs> baby. We're good. He's, uh, you know, he hasn't lost it. You know, that, that, you know, give you a solid 21.82 points. Nine
0: carries from a quarterback is always insane. So what's what's interesting is that Joe Burrow is projected twenty-one points in fantasy, and like Lamar Jackson is usually projected more because of his rushing yeah. ability. Rushing touchdowns count as more, but like that's a good quarterback stat. And I yeah. think maybe there's just 100%. gonna be some more quarterback-related performances from Lamar Jackson because everybody's trying to stop that rush. 100%. So I'm I'm pleased. I'm pleased with it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No. Definitely. We'll jump to our don't starts here real quick. Wes, your don't start was Brady. Like I said, we squeezed the life out of him in garbage time for a little touchdown. Nearly got it. Oh, he'd thrown the two-point conversion, and that would have been complete. Nearly a 20-point game, but
0: could have helped. uh, You know, nineteen point one. Mike Mike Williams was was a right foot away from getting a touchdown in the back of the end zone as well. And I forget who the other receiver was. Maybe a tight end caught a touchdown and then there was holding on the play. Yeah. And so they called yeah. it back. So this could have actually been, uh, it could have actually been about a 353 touchdown game had, had those could have plays been. gone differently, which is very funny.
1: It could have been. Yeah. It's, but here's the thing that
0: I've,
1: yeah, you know, 17.1 fantasy points. Listen, I'm just, like I said, it's time to pivot. I'm pivoting here. I'm going to look around for maybe some trade offers I can field, or see if I can send somebody out here, or maybe just look to the waiver wire and just maybe stream. Who knows? Streaming quarterbacks is terrifying, but um, <sighs> may may have may have to here. Here's the thing: three hundred twenty-five yards and a touchdown. It it doesn't sound terrible, but if you watch the game, he just doesn't, he doesn't look the same. He doesn't look no. good. He, even his, even his completions to, you know, Mike Evans over the middle for a first down on like, it was like a 15, 18 yard play, something like that. Even that Evans is what wasn't being led on the play. Like it, Evans had to stop for it on just like a crossing route. And like Godwin, same thing on a couple of plays and, you know, it's just Tom just doesn't – Tom doesn't look the same. And it's – it's you know, the, uh, these are always the famous last words because then Tom comes out and is like, oh, yeah, you want to say that, whatever. And we know Tom's listening to fourth and troll right now. So, um, yeah, you know, but these are always the, – the everyone, you know, year after year, it's always been – and I'm not saying he's washed. It's just like he just doesn't look the same. And so, I mean, balls are high, balls are low. Balls are behind receivers. Balls are, you know, I'm I'm more inclined to think that, you know, guys like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, who have played with him for a few years now, they're not struggling with chemistry and being on the same page. Certainly could be on a couple of plays, but it doesn't seem like it's like a receiver thing mostly. Like it's just like, I don't know if Tom is timid, scared, doesn't want to risk throwing a pick, doesn't, you know, whatever. I don't know. But it's just. He doesn't look the same, and it's tough. And you know, we got through eight weeks, Tom. And you know, I don't know. We'll see. What, we'll see. What, see what you, happens. You,
0: you bring up a, a solid point. Just to remind everybody that three hundred twenty-five yards is a high number, and that's that's great. I think a lot of quarterbacks would like to walk away from a game with that. But in fantasy, that's not going to cut it. And and just watching the game, you can see that this is more than just having over 300 yards this is the inaccuracy and the ball placement just as you're saying so this is this is a much worse stat than it may read for those of you that see oh 17 points that's not too bad no it's it's not good it's you know? yeah, 17 it this, you're right it's it. not
1: too bad but it it should be higher it should be in a different place so just a lot of a lot of feelings right now and uh, you're doing great, you know, Noah. Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. Uh, Kenny Drake, someone that I said, Hey, shouldn't you he be on your roster? You know, it seemed like there was a bit of a carousel here. And maybe while well, Gus just really kind of ran away with it last week and he was performing very, very well, I think they were just trying to get moving there. Justice Hill saw a good amount of work too. Um, and looked good as well. So Kenny Drake, 16, excuse me, 16 seven fantasy points um you know 4.5 of those points came on four catches for five yards one of them he scored (laughs) a touchdown on so it's just four catches for five yards awesome you know 10 10 yards of this is his or or 10 points of these 16.7 is off of five yards worth of receiving work somehow he made turn that into you know 10 points 10.5 points but no, I mean, we talked about on the broadcast. The Ravens have played one game over the next like twenty three days or something like that, or maybe twenty one something. They they played this game and then they've got a bye week next week, and then they play somebody on Monday night or so- something along those lines. They've got a long time. Should be a long time for Kent, for Gus Edwards to be able to find his way back to the starting role. So. You know, if you took a shot on Kenyon Drake because you had to, he paid off for you
0: tonight. And that's exciting for you. Good job. I still, yeah, I think you and I agree, Noah. We still really like Gus Edwards. Like, cool for Kenyon Drake, but Gus Edwards, I think we both feel is the better back. And when he returns after this bye week, this is going to be. Not entirely his backfield, but I do expect to see some strong runs, especially against a worse rush defense in the future.
1: Yeah, definitely. A few more guys here who just made an impact. Some people may have been on our team. Some people may not have. Devin DuVernay, 16.4 points. Took a little jet sweep around the edge. Went ahead and got in the end zone. Good for him. I know one person who... Good for him. I'm not sure if he started DuVernay this week, but if he did, good job. If he didn't, oops. Oh, well, Isaiah likely came in, filled in for Mark Andrews. This is intriguing. This guy looks good. Yeah, it is. This guy looks good. He passes the eye test. I don't know what opportunities he gets. We know that Rashad Bateman isn't doing much receiving, so maybe they just line likely up out wide. I don't know.
0: Yeah, if it were not Mark Andrews, I would be inclined to say go pick him up. You know, yeah, uh, especially if things don't sound serious for Mark Andrews. Right. However, this is a this is a head turning performance. You have to give yeah. credit to where this is. I mean, seven targets for a tight end is is no joke. That's that's a lot for a tight end. And the go-ahead or not go ahead touchdown, but the you know, essentially the Game-winning touchdown. The final score for the Ravens that gave them the full lead was too likely, and it was yeah. a great play by Lamar Jackson and Isaiah Likely ran a great route. It wasn't like he was just wide open. It was a no nothing. Was improvised. Yeah, yeah. He. This was a. This is a good player, and he had some great work in the preseason. I made a note of it too, but it was that kind of asterisk. Like, hey, he's really good. He's behind Mark Andrews, so. I don't know if I'm even going to think about him again. Well, here he is. And I like it. I, I likely, likely. Am I right, dude? Wow. Below? Yeah. Below? So,
1: <laughs> so DeMarcus Robinson, am I right? <laughs> so DeMarcus Robinson, 12.4 points, eight targets. You know, this is what we're maybe hoping to see from Rashad Bateman. As, the, as far as the targets go, doesn't, doesn't go that way. Rashad Bateman tweaked his injury in his foot again. It's tough. Not sure really what to make of this. I don't think you need to run the waiver wire for Demarcus Robinson, but solid game and worth, you know, keeping that in mind. Another guy here, Julio Jones, saved his fantasy day with that garbage time touchdown. Decent kind of moving around after the catch and almost like kind of flipped his way into the end zone, got clipped, whatever. Um, Saved a lot of people's fantasy days for Brady. If you, yeah, for some true. reason, you were like, Julio's active, I got to get him in the lineup. <laughs> if for some reason, you that was you 10.1, you know, fine, sure, but not again, nothing I'm not running the lineup for. And then Leonard Fournette, 14.8 points. Um, man, second game in a row with single digit carries. I'm not, we're gonna, uh, you know, what? I'll save it,
0: I'll save it when we're gonna talk about it a little later in Garage Sale. Is that cool? That's cool. I, I'll, I'll yeah. just read out the stat line for those that may not know. Nine carries, 24 yards, one rushing touchdown on the first drive of the game, which looks like it was going to be a good performance from him, but then kind of fell short. That was it. That 24 yards on the whole night. That's terrible. And then three targets, three catches, 34 yards, ended up with just shy 15 points. Oh, I want to talk about it too, but I'm going to wait for you, Noah, because I know you got a little special segment for old Lenny. A
1: little bit. Yeah, a little bit. We'll talk about it in just a little bit here. Uh, but let's move on from that because, you know, Thursday night's never fun to talk about. So get a body. Yeah, let's move on here. Let's do a little bit of garage sale, community garage sale. Ooh, what do they have? Ooh, what do they have? <laughs> Ooh, that looks interesting. Ooh, that's flashy. Let's go take a look. Who knows? You know, listen, let's talk about some buy, some buys, some sells some waiver ads here. Just people that you know. We want to give a little more attention to. Maybe you should go acquire these people. Maybe you should send them away. Whatever, whatever you want to do. Garage leisurely, sale, baby. Leisurely peruse the community garage sale. Who knows? Starting out with that though, Wes. It's you know, you're you're you. You walk into the the driveway. You know, a nice yeah. house here. Hi. Cool. Nice to meet who you. Who are you? Uh. Who. Are... <laughs> Nice. Who are you buying here from the
0: uh, from the garage sale, Wes? Who are you buying? I am interested in buying Jerry Judy. I was torn between Judy and Kareem Hunt for the same reason. Uh, they're on the trade block. Sure. Like Jerry Judy wants out of Denver, and the Broncos' front office is answering calls by several teams. There are reports that they are answering that phone and they are inquiring about what they can get for Jerry Judy. This is a real thing. And Now, the reason I didn't choose Kareem Hunt as my garage sale buy is because I've already tried and people want too much still. I've gone in three different leagues. They don't want to give him up yet. So that's one reason. Running backs are either dropping like flies or their first and second rounders are stalling. So it's just too risky for some to let go of someone as good as Hunt. Plus, even if Kareem Hunt uh, goes to another team, which they actually announced that they're willing to sell him for a fourth round pick, which I think is a pretty good deal. But I was trying to think like what NFL teams actually need a running back. When I think through it, there's not a ton that are desperate for for a running back. Plus he could end up another running back committee, which doesn't really make an improvement. If you get Kareem Hunt, here's the thing. Jerry Judy can fit practically anywhere. And almost every team in the NFL will want a better, younger, explosive wide receiver to fill their slots on the outside or on the inside. He's still really good. He's just been on a bad team. I've even heard that the Miami Dolphins have made the call. And if you're telling me that the team that has Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are still calling about Jerry Judy, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are both top four in receiving yards. The, these teams believe in Jerry Judy. And I think that in the next few days, he could end up going to another team and you don't have to give up very much because everybody and their mom has given up on the Denver offense. So, I say take a shot, go get Judy. If you're scared about just getting Judy, go get a package, try to get him for cheap. And there's a likelihood he ends up on another team and whatever team that is, it's a better offense of the Denver Broncos. So that's my pitch. Go take a look at, go take a look at Jerry Judy. See what you can get him for.
1: Okay. What do you think? Yeah, no, I like it. I mean, it's it's yeah. definitely I, I've definitely added players that have maybe been dropped that are trade candidates. Um, I'm holding on to players that maybe trade candidates, and so I I I, I like where you're going from here, Wes. I, I I like it. I get it. it
0: makes sense. Yeah. it's just you know, and the and the possibility that he's traded, you know, he's going to pan out better than where he is now. And if he's not, you he didn't give up too much. So yeah. with that being said, Noah, who who are you perusing to purchase? in the garage sale yeah you know i walk up i go oh what's
1: on this table oh
0: Mm, oh saquon
1: barkley's there what's that oh oh he's oh no that should not be that much money okay um (laughs) this is a lot of money um well worn you say okay oh okay oh travis kelsey oh oh that's expensive oh oh i don't know about that one Uh uh-huh oh what's this Oh, it's a little tattered and beaten up. It looks like it's been through a lot. What What is is it, Noah? Oh, it's Raheem Mostert. Oh. Oh. Oh, what a great price on this as well. And, oh, man, it's been getting a lot of use lately. Yeah. Listen, I'm buying Raheem Mostert. All right? I'm buying Raheem Mostert. He's completely taken over. Listen, we all, in pre-draft season, follow the money. Follow the money. The free agency opened and... Chase Edmonds is the dolphin right away. It was the first announcement they made Chase Edmonds was, Oh, here we go. Oh, it's Chase Edmonds. He's going to be great. And then listen, Raheem Mostert has been awesome and healthy and healthier. than I think any of us thought he would be, I think we For all sure. have a little bit of worry with Raheem Mostert. He's completely taken over. The the Dolphins' backfield is his. He is he is the guy. He's averaging 19 opportunities over the last four weeks, and opportunities is those carries plus targets. There, he's he is involved in this offense, in this high-powered passing offense that is like you just said. Tyree Hill and Jalen Waddle top four in receiving yards. Is passing offense. He is heavily involved offense gets to, has two a back get is getting rolling we saw it on Sunday night football against the Steelers it's, it's this offense shouldn't slow down and over the next 4 weeks most faces Detroit, Chicago, Cleveland and Houston nice. over the next 4 games incredible nice. 4 game stretch as we are here in week 8 if you are needing to make a push here Get some wins to get yourself into a playoff position in fantasy. I think you need to go buy Raheem Mostert. He is in a great situation right now to be able to do a lot of good things for your team. He's flying down the field. Buckle up. He's the man. Go buy him. Trade for him. Get a good deal for him. He's And he's not a big name, so that's the thing. He can give you that bigger name value here and that bigger name production here. And the owners, the he Mostert owner in your league, I guarantee you they have probably three running backs of higher name value at least on their team. So they're maybe not considering, you know, hey, maybe they need a upgraded wide receiver three or an upgraded flex spot and they don't want a Mostert there. Go buy Mostert. It's a
0: great pick. Great buy. Do it. I, I think that if you're listening to this podcast, you know how good Mostert is. But I have not seen Mostert start in any of the leagues that I'm in. I don't have him in any leagues, but I have gone through and I just people aren't starting Mostert. I think they just don't realize that he's succeeding in a way that he is. He is the potential to win games. It's not going to be like 25 point performances, but the 19 opportunities on average over the last four weeks. Is that what you said? That averaging is,
1: 19 opportunities over the last four weeks. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, that's delicious. Especially yeah. if you're someone with, with, you know, with Leonard Fournette and you've got nine carries, you see this game like last night, it's like, thank goodness. He got a touchdown, but like, this is a, this is a solid fantasy football back. Like you said, yeah. I know the dolphins have a fantastic passing game. He caught a passing touchdown against the Steelers. So he's, he's part of this mix. This is a great one. He's he's probably less expensive than people may think about. I think this is a great option.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I agree, Wes. It's time for you to roll out the uh, the, the poster board sign. Yeah, the the tri-fold uh, science fair
0: board. It's yeah, garage sale time, baby. Who, who, who's who's on sale? Garage sale this way. You're walking down. You Maybe thinking, wow. I can't believe you're getting rid of this guy. This is, is that okay. Christopher Walken. <laughs> wow, I can't can't believe it. Wow, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna sell Cortland Sutton. Wow, <laughs> but actually, okay, <laughs> uh, I <laughs> Cortland Sutton is my sell. Wow. It might be a little late now after two very bad games, but I think we're all seeing this. My my guy is hitting the wall. He has exhausted his potential in the first few weeks of this season. And he is squeezing every drop out of Russell Wilson's hollow performance over the last two weeks. Cortland Sutton has had zero red zone opportunities and has oh. declined from an average of 29% of the targets to a sudden 16%. Oh, of the last few games Sutton has A 58.6% catch rate. You know who has a better catch rate than Corlin Sutton? Chase Edmonds. Oh. Chase Edmonds leads the NFL in most drops. Fun fact for you. So here's another interesting uh, aspect of that statistic. Corlin Sutton apparently only has a drop rate of 1.7% of the time. So how does a guy who has 58.6% catch rate only have a 1.7% drop rate? I think you know where I'm going. It's because of Russell Wilson who throws a bad football 20.8% of the time. I don't have to get into Russ. You already know. You've been there. You've been watching it. But I think you understand why I think it's worth buying Jerry Judy and selling Cortland Sutton because in a couple of days – Jerry Judy may not have Russell Wilson as his quarterback and there goes his potential just way skyrocketing. I love it. I think there's an opportunity there for Judy, but Corlin Sutton is not getting traded. He's not on the trade block. And the sad reality is, especially for one of my, my guys, that ship has sailed. And I honestly don't want to have any player that's in Denver. So I'm selling Corlin Sutton while I can. I'm sorry to say it.
1: Wow. Wow. What an episode we're having here. You know what? We're really, <laughs> really growing up here on this episode here, Wes.
0: <laughs> yeah. We're putting on like big it. boy pants.
1: Yeah. Stop it's dreaming. Tough. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It's, um... <sighs> yeah, it's <sighs> this Denver offense has not lived up to where we thought it would be. And it is insane to say this the only Denver Broncos fantasy football player I am considering having on my team is Greg Dolchich.
0: And that's it. Honestly. Yes. Greg may, is getting, so much, he's getting great. He's
1: getting great <laughs> amount of targets. He's getting great targets there. Um, Yeah, no, it's been
0: I'm proud of us, I'm proud of us. We're doing the hard stuff. Yeah, that's we are. West. And this is what fourth and troll is. Also about you know, trying to trying to help people let go, let go, let go, let go of Portland Sutton, yeah, let go of Tom Brady and Noah. Who else should we let go of in this sale?
1: Yeah, you know what I so I'm I, I like to lead by example here. So my sell is somebody that I actually traded away this week. Um, Mm. I I I trade away Leonard Fournette this week, and I'm selling Leonard Fournette. Mm. Um, the offense is a mess and Rashad white continues to get a really good amount of work. And I just, it, it, Leonard Fournette back-to-back games now with single digit carries within it, it, a great first drive. I figured this was going to be a Lenny game and I was, uh, cause we were preparing for this episode, Wes. And I, you know, we, I had said, I'm going to sell Leonard Fournette at the garage sale. And, watching this first drive of this Thursday night football game, I was like, well, dang, I'm going to have to work hard to convince people to sell him. And then I was like, oh wait, no, this is like still just so out of whack. Their, their best, most successful offensive drive was when they ran the football the most and set up more openings up over the field and stuff like that for the pass. And then they just stopped running it. They just stopped running it. It's like the opposite of cliff Kingsbury. It's like, hey, we're going to run and then we're going to pass once running is working and then we're not going to be an effective offense. Cliff Kingsbury, on the other hand, is like, hey, we're going to pass until we realize that we can run the ball, but we're down 20 and then we're going to try and run it, but it's too late. So I'm stupid. Anyways, um, (laughs) Leonard Fournette, I think you just need to try and sell. Reach out to maybe the Brees Hall owner in your league. See if, you know, he he made a geek. 14.6 14.6 is a fine fantasy output. He didn't dud. So it's not like you're going to be trying to sell on a dud. You could still get value here. Um, you know, I, I traded Leonard Fournette. I sent him in a, in a big haul and a big package. So I I, I, I can't tell you exactly what you'd get just for him, but it's probably worth just, just selling it. He, he had his, he in Thursday night football this week, he matched his lowest receiving output of the year. Rashad white is just getting more work. We were afraid that when Todd bullets said some of these younger guys, maybe need to get more opportunities that we were thinking, you know, surely Leonard Fournette isn't going to be, isn't who you're like, giving him less playing time. Isn't going to be the change you're trying to make here to win more games. Right. And it looks like it is. And so, still in playoff Lenny. It's sad because I was really high
0: on him coming into the year, but, um, yeah we're selling for time so and, and we were Noah and i were talking before, right before we recorded this and honestly it was like wow that touchdown makes leonard fournette a very sellable player yeah. we we see the trend but that touchdown got him still in the market for having valuable returns so I think it's true. I think we're all. I mean, Mike Evans, maybe Chris Godwin too, are probably the only two that you can hold on to with some kind of confidence, unless you want to make some kind of big trade. But even then, I don't know. It's tough. I think everybody kind of recognizes that the the Bucks' offense is is not what it was last year or the year before. So, wow, Definitely this. Not. We should change the title to the most somber fourth control episode. The saddest episode of fourth control fantasy ever. Yeah. Thanks for joining us this morning. If you started out your day with this, yeah. I hope it's a real mood tone setter here. This is awesome.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So we've bought, we've sold. We've bought and we've sold, Wes. Now tell me when you're walking by the the free pile at the garage sale, just the stuff they're trying to get rid of here, or the one dollar pile. Who's who is that waiver ad there? Who is who is that player that you're looking at and going, oh, sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I uh I, I'm I'm sifting through the bins. You know, I'm looking for some nice vinyl records. I like vinyls, you know, find a nice uh, old LP, you know, find something there. And then all of a sudden I start seeing some real NFL football players in this bin, too. And I think, well, that's kind of fun. I'm looking through, and you know what? I land my finger on one of them. In case. Derrick Henry gets hurt, grab Dontrell Hilliard. I haven't read anything, okay? He's not hurt. He's not injured. I'm not trying to wish for this to happen. If Derrick Henry gets hurt, Dontrell Hilliard is the backup. That's all I'm saying, okay? He's actually pretty darn good with the ball. Uh, Last year, he played five games to fill in for for uh, Derek Henry, when he went out with Dontae Foreman. And Doncho Hilliard averaged 6.3 yards per carry. And he had an average of 70 yards per game. He finished five games with 350 yards and two touchdowns. Plus, he had 26 targets and 19 catches and had an additional two receiving touchdowns, which we know he's already done a little bit of this year. So far this season, he hasn't carried the ball a lot. Understandably, it's Derek Henry, but he has 132 receiving yards and three touchdowns. And that's the top 20 most receiving yards by running back this season. He's a backup. So look, if uh if you're looking to grab a handcuff, you know, you see the way things are going with running backs. People getting hurt, people getting traded. Things are, are a little shaky in the running back position. If Derrick Henry, if he gets hurt. Dontrelle Hilliard is a good option. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying.
1: I like it. You're shaking the bins.
0: Don't the bins. Yeah.
1: Why not? Yeah. I watched. We watched him last year. He did. He did fairly well last year when Derrick Henry was hurt, splitting time with Foreman. I like it. I like it. He's involved in the passing game. It's a good pickup.
0: Yeah. It's not bad. You know, it's a nice. nice, It may turn out to be worth more than I got it for in the end. There it is. That's a nice way of tying the allegory the allusion to garage sale. Noah, you're passing through. You're trying to get one last thing for fun on the way out of this garage sale. Who are you going to try to pick up off the waiver here?
1: Yeah, I'm just... um, It's just a gut call on this, to be completely honest, but it's James Cook. Okay. It's James Cook. Zach Moss was a healthy scratch against Kansas City. Uh, James Cook was operating as the number two back in Buffalo. And even the number two back on the... Best offense in the league can be successful, and they spent draft capital on the guy. Seems like there could be a bit of a turning of the tide here. They went on a bye week. Going to be paying attention this week to see what happens with James Cook. But I feel like you could jump the gun here and maybe add him now. I feel like he's going to get a little more involved, and he could be a decent flex option. Who knows? But I think I think James Cook. It's it, truly don't have any numbers here, just a gut call. But I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to grab James Cook.
0: I I think we ought to have a gut. A gut call at some point, you know, I think we, we look at some players. We, we, we watch them, but they don't get the stats. We see how players talk about someone, or we just sometimes have no reason might as well. James Cook was actually your risky start in, in the first Thursday night of the Week game. One. And, yeah. And um, and although he fumbled on his first carry, he's still been, he's still been part of that offense. They didn't, they did not abandon him because of that. They rotate him in occasionally because he's not the starter, but you never know. I'm not gonna throw that out the window. Why not? You're just passing through. You're looking at a one dollar bin option. James Cook is great. He's brother of Dalvin Cook. They got good jeans over there. Best jeans, Levi's, Wranglers, best Levi's. Ones. Co- best ones comfortable.
1: Giants. <laughs> nice. Good one. Uh that's gonna go for garage sale, though. That's fun. It's enjoyable. That's fun.
0: I like playing that. That was, that was entertaining.
1: It was a good time. Wes, why don't we go ahead here and just jump into closing out the show here with studs and duds? It's a fan favorite. Wes, who's your stud for week uh where are we at? Week eight. Week eight. Wow. Yeah. Where who's your stud for week eight, Wes?
0: All right, I want you all to buckle up. I'm going to turn the camera because I'm going to be just reading off the greatest stats you never did here in your life. Sam Ellinger is my stud. You hear me? Yeah. Check this out. All right, so I went back and checked out how his preseason was this, this year. He played 11 drives in total for preseason, all right? He played one quarter against the Bills two scoring drives. All right. Not bad. Three drives total against the lions played two quarters, had five drives, three scoring drives there. All right. Including the 50 yard passing touchdown, of Desmond Patton. We go over to the third and final preseason game against the bucks. One quarter there. He played three drives, two scoring drives. Okay. Let me, let me give you these stats here. All right. He played 11 drives. In preseason, I said, I checked, I did the maths. The Colts average 11 drives a game. So here's what he pulled off with 11 drives in preseason, 24 for 29, 289 yards, four touchdowns, six rushes for 71 yards and a rushing touchdown. Bruh, you kidding me? Look at this dude. He finished <laughs> with 40 Point six six points in 11 drives. That's a full game. That's a full game for the Colts. You hear me? That's 40 points. Sam Ellinger, bro, you want to know what he did in college? I'll tell you. Thanks for asking. 46 games in total, 11,436 yards. <laughs> Boom. 94 touchdowns for the University of Texas. Boom. Hook him. Kidding me? 94. Remember that 45-yard rushing touchdown? I sure do. It was awesome. Let's take a look at his rushing stats for University of Texas. 1,903 rushing yards and 33 touchdowns in 46 games. Forget about it. Oh, I won't because it's Sam Hellbringer Ellinger. Dude, check this out. You know how many passing yards Trevor Lawrence had in college? 10,098. That's less than Sam the man. Ellinger, okay? You want to know how many touchdowns Trevor Lawrence had in college? 90. Yeah, not 94. 90. Forget about it. You want to know how many passing yards Zach Wilson had? 7,000 in garbage. Forget about it. Only through 56 touchdowns. Sam, God's gift to earth. Ellinger, 94 <laughs> touchdowns. Okay? Justin Field, 5,700 yards. Embarrassing. Get out of here. Ridiculous. Mac Jones, I'm not even going to read them because he basically played one season for Alabama. Why am I bringing this up? Why am I bringing up their stats? Because they were all drafted in the same year as Sam Ellinger, okay? They were all drafted in 2020. You telling me? You tell me that the first. Pick overall had less passing yards in total for the collegiate year and less passing touchdowns than Sam Ellinger. (laughs) Sounds like someone made a mistake. Yikes. Hang on. All right. Hold on more here, more here. Check this out. This guy's incredible in his best season. Uh, Trevor Lawrence only threw two more yards in his best season at Clemson than Sam Ellinger did in his best season in college. And in his best season, Trevor Lawrence only threw four more touchdowns than Sam Ellinger did in, in his best season. This guy is a college prodigy. Or oh, you think I'm cherry picking stats, Noah? You think I'm cherry picking stats? Say it. Huh. I think you're picking stats. You are dumb. Let me finish my thing. Dude, step (laughs) off, bro. I'm not finished. Sam Ellinger. And the University of Texas is number two in passing yards all time. He's number two in passing yards in a single season. He's number three in passing yards in a single game. He's number two in passing touchdowns of all time. Number two in rushing touchdowns for a quarterback of all time. Eight more rushing touchdowns than Vince Young. Yeah, that's right. And he's tied for third most passing touchdowns in a game twice because he threw five touchdowns in back-to-back games the first two games of his last year in college look for him to put up at least 25 points on sunday don't even tell me who they're playing because it doesn't even matter sam ellinger to the moon forget about it bro the face of the nfl is starting on sunday sam sam hellbringer ellinger dude i'm out
1: Wow, uh, you know, earlier in the show we said that we were uh, we were putting on our big boy pants for this episode, and uh, yeah, Wes is half naked now because
0: <laughs> Sam Ellinger made me half naked. <laughs> wow, clip it, clip that <laughs> line, <We're
1: gonna laughs> you Wes. You know what? If Sam Ellinger, how many points did you say he was gonna have? At least. At least
0: 25 points.
1: Yeah. So if Sam Ellinger has 25 points on Sunday, I will record. I accept. I accept. What are you going to say? I will record the next episode naked. Great. Great. (laughs) Okay. Perfect. Love it. Wow. I
0: don't even know what to say there. I can't. uh, You have nothing to say. He's going to. I don't. Hey, right back. You're up. I'm ready.
1: I'm ready for it. You're stud for week eight. I'm ready for it. Yeah. All right. So uh, my stud isn't going to get me naked here, Uh, but uh, Mm. my stud is, uh, well, hang on. Just just, just give it a second. Just give it a second here. My stud's Pat Fryermuth tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers going up against the Eagles this week. 11.3 point projection here. Pat has taken a big leap with Kenny Pickett under center. Pickett's been throwing the ball a lot since his career began in the NFL, and this game will be no different because the Steelers are going to be down. With a stellar Eagles secondary, though, Eagles opponents have been targeting the middle of the field frequently as that's where they've been able to move the ball most efficiently. Friermuth is averaging nine targets and 15.5 fantasy points per game in full games played with Kenny Pickett. I expect Friar to receive double-digit targets and likely find the end zone against Philly on Sunday. I love Friar this week. I've got him in a couple leagues. Big fan, Pat Friar week eight stud,
0: calling it. I have been waiting for Friar to kind of get the attention that he deserves because I think he's a really good tight end. He had a oh, couple yeah. of of impressive performances last season that started to, uh, get some attraction and and make a difference for Ben Roethlisberger at the end of his, his career there. But I remember when we were talking about, you know, I remember looking at some of the Eagles stats and they are not good against tight ends. And this is one of the reasons that I think I said it was Dalton Schultz would be a stud. Schultz got injured that game. Doesn't matter, but, um, or Schultz or someone, someone I thought was against the Eagles, but either way, uh, Eagles tight. Eagles are not great against the tight ends, and I know that Friermuth can succeed against this this defense. I think the Eagles have a good defense, but this is the kind of like specificity that helps us line up our starters and knowing that this is the right tight end to play. Just because you know, I don't know who this guy is. There's an opportunity for Friermuth to take off. I ship it. Howdy ship Fry, dude. I love it. Let's
1: go over some duds. Wes, who's your week eight dud? I think
0: Damien Pierce for the Whoa. Texas is going to be a bit of a dud. It, it, he's been, he's been going off pretty well, having some consistent games. Uh, it's just that the Titans defense is actually the sixth best against running backs in fantasy. And I know, as I said, I know Pierce has been doing well, but the Titans have allowed less than 500 yards total in rushing. And, have only allowed one rushing touchdown all season. So they're even second in fewest rushing attempts. You want to know why? Because they're garbage in the secondary, dude. They're 26th (laughs) in passing yards, 28th in passing touchdowns allowed, 29th in catch percentage even I don't think Davis Mills is going to light it up I don't even think like Brandon Cooks is like you know a a locked in starter just from this stat but I'm just saying that because of the way the Titans defense has been playing and the way that the game script is constructed against this rush defense that's nearly top five against the pass defense that is literally the worst pass defense in the NFL I just expect a low output from Damian Pierce he hasn't been Too much of a PPR player. So for that, I'm just tempering expectations. He's going to be a bit of a dud. I think it's possible he gets you know 12 points or less on Sunday. Wow. That's
1: sad because I love Damian
0: Pierce. I do too. The math checks out.
1: Math checks out. And the Titans, you are correct, are brutal in the secondary. So it could just be they end up passing the ball more. Maybe Pierce gets involved in the passing game, but no, it checks out. The math, the maths are there, Wes
0: good call them's, them's the maths baby them's the maths all right let's let's close out this very uh, uh a lot of growing pains from this episode no let's yeah. finish it out here with your dud for week eight
1: let's do it yeah I've realized I didn't even mean for this to happen but I like, guess this is a positional segments here for me on this episode because garage sale for me was all about running backs and studs and duds is all about tight ends my dud for this week is Zach Ertz Tight end for the Arizona Cardinals going up against the Vikings on Sunday. 11.7 point projection. Ertz had a phenomenal start to the year. As I as I predicted, he would. He was a tight end three through six weeks. But he got a tight end three, and he's actually only ever gone over this 11.7 point mark three of seven times this year. He was just super consistent. And so he got his way to that tight end three mark of the first six weeks, but he hasn't been breaking this mark. The majority of his games with Hopkins back, this offense is going through nuke. And I expect Ertz to build upon last week's poor performance with another one here. Unfortunately, I think just Kyler just, you know, Kyler locks in. Sometimes Kyler locks in to a guy that he trusts and that he thinks can make Kyler himself look better. And that's, that's DeAndre Hopkins, and uh, and that's I, I think that's going to continue happening uh, this week against the Vikings. If I have Ertz, I'm actually going to bench him this week. It's not even like, it's not even like tempering expectations here. And I think he maybe he goes for double digits, maybe just ten points, not eleven point seven. I'm actually looking elsewhere this week. Maybe trying to sell Ertz. Maybe someone believes it was just a dud week, but I do believe that Ertz kind of mellows out here um, as far as his fantasy production goes. Zach Ertz is a week eight dud. Book it.
0: I am trusting you. Not because Thanks. I I don't, you know, like I, I I am disagreeing internally, and I think that you're wrong, and I'm just gonna take your word for it. No, this is exactly what your prediction was from the start of the year. You thought Zach Ertz could sneak his way to tight end three while DeAndre Hopkins was out. And then once D Hop came back, it was gonna be the complete opposite story. And we saw that immediately. In Thursday night in week seven against the Saints. So yeah, I I I'm gonna keep following your lead on this. And Zach Ertz has been good, but you know, I think I think with I I get that Marquise Brown is gonna be out for some time, but DeAndre Hopkins is is a is a little better than Marquise Brown. So I I am following your lead on this, Noah.
1: A little bit, yeah. I don't know. It's just uh you know, At least at least I got one call right at the beginning of the year. That's an exciting thing to acknowledge. Well, Records
0: soon. pretty soon we'll be going over our Mark Our Words. We're getting to the halfway point to see how we're doing. So we'll find out how many you actually got right here, Noah.
1: We'll see how it goes. We will see how it goes. That is going to be all the time we have for this episode. Wherever you guys are listening, we'd appreciate it if you leave the episode five stars and write something funny in the review. We'll give you a shout-out next time. We're on social media everywhere at Fourth and Troll and on Facebook at Fourth and Troll Fantasy. Look out for our mascot, Tidy the Troll, and make him smile by giving us a follow and joining us next time every Tuesday and Friday. I'm Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. And this has been Fourth and Troll Fantasy.